This is Marketing Smarts, a podcast committed to cutting through all the confusing marketing BS so you can actually understand how to take action and change your business today. Welcome to Marketing Smarts. I am Ann Candido. And I am April Martini. And today we're going to talk about the steps for defining the right marketing KPIs or key performance indicators for your business. Measuring the success of marketing efforts can be really, really challenging, especially since a lot of times they may not directly be linked to your business success metrics like sales and growth. Or if they are, it might be challenging to isolate the tactics in order to be certain that it was that specific effort that delivered business and sales growth. So the objective becomes overall, how do you define the KPIs for your marketing tactics that then become performance indicators of the larger scale of business metrics? So yes, this is like KPIs for your KPIs. And we're going to talk about that (laughs) and break that down. But in this way, you can optimize your marketing efforts with more confidence and efficiency. And, and that is a ask and a request from every everybody we talk to. Literally everyone. Yes. So this is for all of you. Yes. So let's jump into four steps for defining the right marketing KPIs. All right. So the first one is you need to identify the core drivers for your business growth. Now, business growth should be the number one success metric for all businesses. It's, it's how you survive. It's how you thrive, right? But you know how it looks and how you build it can be very different. So you need to first understand what are the drivers of that growth? Is it generating more leads? Is it closing existing leads? Is it getting customers to buy more? Is it getting more foot traffic? Is it staying longer on site or in store? And no, it's not yes to all of those things, all right? (laughs) You guys have to be very focused on what is the immediate one or two things that you can do in order to drive growth for your business. That is what your marketing efforts should be focused on. And remember, consumers vote with time and money, so your drivers should be focused on one or both of those behaviors. Yes, and I think just again to reiterate Anne's point, do not try to make KPIs for all of these in an effort to prove that something is working because by doing so, you're fragmenting your efforts far too much. And we've seen it happen too many times where it's like, I'm going to hedge my bets here. And so I'm just Mm going to try to do it all. And then nothing happens well. And then, you know, you're out more than you were when you began if you'd just done the right thing and made some decisions before you started. Yes. Amen to that. All right. The second step for defining the right marketing KPIs is determine what you need from your marketing tactics to best deliver against the drivers. As a note, marketing tactic for businesses, even within the same industry, could look very different business to business depending on your growth drivers, your target consumer or customer, and the market around you. So you really, really, really need to do your due diligence to understand how best to reach your consumer or your customer with the right message at the right time through the right channel. This becomes your marketing strategy. Now, we could make a whole podcast episode on marketing strategy, and we probably need to add that one to the list. As yeah, I'm I actually yeah, saw we'll, that when you made this note. Yeah, we'll do that. But that is a topic for another podcast. And so let's assume for right now that you've actually done your due diligence in creating your marketing strategy. So you know how to reach your consumer, your customer at the right place, at the right time, through the right channel with the right message. So then you need to determine what you need from each marketing tactic to deliver against the growth drivers. So let me just frame this up in an example, because I think this will make more sense in an example. So say you determine that your business growth driver is to generate leads. The first thing you need to do is really determine what success looks like. 
Okay, so what does it look like in the terms of that marketing tactic in order to grow leads? Okay, it's not good enough just to be there or just to show up. You really need to think about what you need in order to be able to deliver that. So say example, for example, then in generating leads, you determine that um, social is a good place for you to be. Social is going to help you generate those leads. Now, as you think about what success looks like, you're probably going to quantify that in terms of how many eyeballs you need actually in order to see that piece of content based on probably a conversion factor that you understand if you've identified your marketing strategy, you should have some idea of your conversion factor of like, hey, if I, 100 people see this, I can probably assume that maybe 10 may engage with me, right? Now, if you don't know that, you need to do some benchmarking and you need to do some tests and learning. That also is another podcast episode. But let's just assume for right now that you understand that your conversion factor and you know that you need a certain amount of eyeballs in order to be able to get that conversion that is going to help you generate leads that you need for your business. All right. So based on that, then you start asking yourself, okay, well, how do I generate that number of leads? Because that leads is based on reach. So you might come to the conclusion that, hey, in order to generate that reach, I may need a paid strategy because paid is going to help me get more eyeballs. More eyeballs means I can get more converts. That helps you then make very intentional choices on what your marketing tactics should be, what your KPIs need to be in order to deliver that, because then you have something very tangible within your page strategy of measuring eyeballs based on your conversion rate. And then you can start really assessing, is this working for me or is it not working for me? So that is one example of what you how you might want to think about how to generate those KPIs based on the marketing tactics that are going to drive your business. Another one would be, hey, maybe you decide that you want to focus on conversions in the social arena, again, because that's where you determine that's the right place to reach your consumer. And when you're thinking about that, you're thinking about then the quality of the type of posts that you're generating, because the quality of your posts really is going to help you with conversions. It's generally measured by engagement, shares, likes, comments. But again, it's just not enough to measure shares, likes, comments. That doesn't tell you anything. What you need to know is how many of those shares, likes, comments you need in order to drive conversion. And then that is becomes your KPI, all right? So you need to really drill down into those, speci- those specifics in order to be able to correlate what those metrics mean within that platform to your higher order business benefit. Now, just as an aside, <laughs> reach and engagement isn't mutually exclusive, okay? Engagement actually helps you to achieve reach. The algorithm rewards you for more engagement, the more reach. I simplified it in terms of this discussion, but just keep in mind that they do have interrelation. Yeah, and as our friend Dan Gad from the Atlanta Falcons would say, there is no reach without reaction. Uh huh. And that quote has stuck in my head since we've talked to him, one of those little nuggets that I feel like is constantly playing out. But To all the points Anne just made, that's what you're really looking for. It's not enough for people to see it. It's not even enough for them to just like it. It's how many of them then actually convert and do whatever you wanted them to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. The third step for defining the right marketing KPIs is to set KPIs for these tactics. And I'll take this one. So we've talked about this. We've touched on it a little bit already. But we want to get very, very specific about what an actual KPI 
is through some examples. And it's really, really important that they are both quantifiable and also time bound. Mm -hmm. Anne has talked about this so much that every time I think about this, I hear her in my head, which I'm not sure if that's good or bad. But in any case, (laughs) um, leaving things open ended is a recipe for disaster, for mixed expectations, lack of alignment. You know, you don't necessarily even know what success looks like. But here, let me give you some examples of what we're talking about, okay? It's not enough to just say, we want to increase site traffic a lot. That is neither quantifiable or time-bound. What is, is to say something like, we want to increase site traffic 20 to 30% in the next four months, or increase site traffic in the next four months, target 20% with a stretch goal of 30%, okay? So those are, again, giving you numbers to work against and a time by which to do it. We always like the idea, actually, of establishing a target and then allowing for some stretch because that really shows that you're being diligent and pragmatic and all the things that Anne made, you know, points about in the last in the last point. Um, but the idea that it's quite possible you might hit that initial target and go beyond it. And so by having that even just range, it makes the impact of the KPI that much more if you hit the higher end of it versus mm-hmm. just accomplishing one part of it. And even better if you go even beyond that, of course. But it people shows... call you sandbaggers at that point. Yes. Okay. That is sometimes called sandbagging, which means that you set it way too low and you knew you were going to well surpass it. Please don't do that. Make yourself look good. Yeah, that will get you into a lot of trouble. But back to my original point, it is good to have a target that you feel like is reasonable and then some stretch beyond that because it makes you look that much better if you get closer to the stretch that you knew in fact what you were doing but to Anne's point you weren't sandbagging but you you worked extra hard and therefore reap the benefits of that by getting closer to your stretch yeah and I'll qualify what I said a little bit because I mean to really be honest here the thing that really keeps people from setting really good KPIs is fear and it's the fear of looking bad it's the fear of missing expectations it's the fear that you're going to be held to this and if you don't get it you're going to fail I mean there's a tremendous amount of fear right and so I we acknowledge that that's mm-hmm. why you uh, need you can use these tactics of putting the the stretch and um, the goal, as well as putting ranges in in order to help mitigate some of that fear. Mm -hmm. All right. So use that. Otherwise, as April said, you're going to run into issues down the line when people's expectations don't match up. Your idea of what increasing your side traffic a lot is isn't probably that might not be the same as what your boss thinks it is. And guess who's right in that conversation? Not you. <laughs> not you. So it really is an opportunity to make sure that everybody is on the same page and what everybody knows what success looks like. It's extremely important. Yes, yes. I think that's that's the right qualifier there. Thank you. But definitely don't stand back <laughs> because you'll lose credibility that you don't know what you're doing. All right. The fourth step for defining the right marketing KPIs is set up analytics and tracking. And April is going to do this one because she loves analytics and tracking. I do. I'm so obsessed with it. Um, Okay, that's definitely a different topic for a different day. We've mentioned that before. In any case, so my last point was about setting KPIs, right? But the analytics and tracking, to Anne's point about being nervous, allow you to have your pulse on how things are going 
also to change course if you need to, to compare and see where certain things are working better than others. It's really that philosophy of test and learn, which we talk about so often. But when you set this up, you you want to do, you know, use CTAs or calls to action that have some measurable analytic behind them wherever possible. So if you want people to opt into an event and you're publicizing it across digital channels, you can actually set up CTAs and assign a unique link so you can see, like I was just saying, in real time what things are working or what messaging is most compelling or where are people really opting in based on those different places or within the different marketing channels. And then that allows you to, one, diagnose what's working and what might not be, optimize even within things. Like if you have something that's just failing miserably, you can reallocate those dollars or change the CTA or do something in real time. But this also helps you in the future. So as you build your skills and your expertise and you see what is working, you can optimize already for the next campaign that you're putting out there because you have those learnings. And if your tactic doesn't have a built-in analytic or analytics, things like um, traditional marketing, for example, so like billboards or, or actual physical handouts, who does those anymore? Um, <laughs> in COVID, no one, but they may come back. Word of mouth, you can ask people where they found out about you. Now, this is another place to Anne's earlier point about sandbagging where people can be like, yeah, right, no one can actually recall that. But I don't think that that's actually mm -hmm. true, especially if you follow up with what do you remember about it, which is a tactic we often used to use at the agency. Um, and this was big in the healthcare space because we were doing equal amounts of digital and traditional media. And so we would ask this question and they'd say, oh, I saw the billboard. Well, what message was on that? And if they could recall, or they could recall what part of the highway they're on or whatever, then you're like, oh, yeah, that is actually where they heard it. So that's a that's another good one. Um, and I would say, too, with that, it can't hurt. You don't always get the answers. Those things aren't always as impactful as you want them to be. But you should definitely be asking if they are out there in the marketplace so you can look at everything cohesively. Um, and then I said, you know, review analytics and trackers on a regular basis and made fun of me for loving analytics. We use <laughs> Megaphone to track this podcast. I would be lying if I didn't say I refresh that page multiple times a day, especially if I am having trouble getting through a deliverable or <laughs> thinking through or writing a podcast episode. Um, but really, the point is to have your pulse on it, um, to make sure you know where things are and to the point of feeling in power of the situation and, and being able to to move things along, it really does help you not to do it multiple times a day, like I said, but once every couple of days, depending on what it is, or, you know, maybe every Friday you sit down and you look at what has done well or not for the week and jot down some points and change things as needed. It's just, you know, in, in the digital space we're in now, we have the opportunity for this. And it's just smart to make sure that you understand where things are versus, you know, setting it and forgetting it and then coming back and having everything be just a miserable failure or like Ann said, you've sandbagged and you've so far surpassed that you don't even know how you're going to tell that story to management. Yeah. And I, and I think the thing to kind of remember here is that there really isn't one analytic or tracking solution mm -hmm. that solves all of your marketing needs. We really, really wish there was. Mm -hmm. um, and people have spent a lot of money trying to develop their own. A lot of companies will try to sell you something. 
Um, just know that whatever somebody's trying to sell is usually in the in the context of trying to show how much buzz you have or how popular you are. I mean, we talked about cloud scores and all those sorts of things. If you're in a PR world, you'll know what I'm talking about. Those things are basically randomized scales that somebody has defined that then put some meaning against them, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, if that's something that you want to use in order to identify how you're doing, fine. But just keep in mind that there's not a lot of quantitative um, backing in order to support those. But, you know, use the analytics that you have that are attached to each one of the channels that you are engaged on. And then do the due diligence to figure out what that means for your business. Mm-hmm. And you can do that very easily by understanding and, t- and testing and learning what is creating levers within with regards to when you activate something or tune something up, how is it impacting what is going on around you if you know what you're measuring, which goes back to the first step and the second step. So this is why we call this a process and steps that you need to do all four of these in order to be able to really set up KPIs that are going to give you really strong indicators of how your marketing is doing within your business and how effective it's being. And as an aside too, you can, as April said, you can even track traffic, especially in the digital space. So not many people know, but if you have like a promotion going on, or if you have a marketing campaign going on and you're in advertising this or promoting it in the digital space, you can assign a unique link or called Bitly link to each of those mm-hmm. individual traffic pieces, all right? And each of the individual marketing channels. You can then see which channel is actually providing the most traffic. Now, you don't know necessarily the conversions that are related to that, but you at least know what is generating the most amount of exposure for that specific marketing uh, uh, promotion or um, marketing uh, campaign. Yeah, and I want to go back to one thing. As much as I do love analytics, the thing that I hate about them is seeing them be misused or oversimplified. And I think to Anne's point about there not being one single way to kind of pull it all together, I mean, we try this at the agency, right? Get the really smart digital technical guys in and have them build these fancy dashboards where you can see all the things. And the thing that I never liked about any of that is you really miss out on key insights. And so to Anne's point mm-hmm. about, you know, digging in and seeing what post does the best or, you know, where what types of posts do the best over time. I think a lot of that secondary knowledge is actually the more powerful stuff versus you got 180 likes this week on whatever. That doesn't necessarily tell you the story about the day-to-day content itself or the message you're putting out there or any of that. I mean, Anne made the point at the very beginning that you're trying to reach the right consumer at the right place at the right time with the right message and the right channel. I mean, that's a lot of things you're trying to cover off on. So when you're looking at analytics, you want to think about it through those lenses versus just a a comprehensive number or set of numbers. Because things like buzz, like Ann said, what does that what does that even mean? That's something somebody just created. So do spend the time, you know, like we said, there is so much that can be tracked. Don't allow it to suck you under for sure. But think about it the way that you think about your own social channels or Twitter or whatever and the types of reactions. That's just social, right? But the types of things that you would want to see and use that lens for the business and make sure you're not missing things because you're trying to create some big analytical picture that doesn't exist. And make sure you use that framework 
in engaging any marketing company who's trying to sell you something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ask them, what are you measuring? Because a lot of these companies, and I just remember a specific one a couple years ago where one person I was uh, consulting with said that they were going to do a Super Bowl activation and that they had guaranteed you know, 100 million impressions because that's <laughs> going to be how many people that were actually there at the game, right? And I'm like, well, no, it's not 100 million impressions. It's there's 100 million opportunities for somebody to see that. But if you got to expect that maybe only half of them will, that's 50%, only, you know, then half of those are going to care. So that's down to 25%. Then half of them is going to be relevant to you or to them as a consumer. Then that's like 12.5%. And then maybe only like 2% of them are going to actually do something with it because it's not like actually meeting them at the right time in the right place mm-hmm. for them to be receptive. Mm-hmm. So make sure you ask them, what are you measuring for me? Don't just like get wrapped up in the fact that the numbers seem impressive. And so then it's got to be really good. And then ask for case studies and results from um, their other opportunities that they've had with the other clients to do these this similar work. If they won't give you any or they say it's um, proprietary, then say, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Because they should be able to share those sorts of things. They might not be able to share all the exact numbers and business outcome and all those sorts of things, but they should be able to give you an indication of how many somethings it had to, um, with regards to impact it had on the business or the client that they worked with. Yes. Very good point. Are you craving a deeper dive immersion into the topics on our podcast? Then you will appreciate our virtual consultancy. Located on the shop page of our website, forthright-people.com, you can now download our digital coaching modules on vigilant leadership, culture building, and social strategy. For the cost of a book, you will get diagnostic tools and exercises to assess your current state and development tools to quickly and intentionally improve your proficiency. These are quick yet effective ways to improve your marketing savvy today. Check it out and let us know other topics you would like us to go deep on. Awesome. Okay, so let's go on to our in the trenches section where we give real world examples specific to industries and situations, but with broad application. So this is going to be a little bit interesting because we're talking KPIs. And like I said, KPIs are very specific to your businesses, but we're going to do our best to provide some really good real world knowledge here and then help you guys to distill it down to how to apply it to your business. Okay. So our first one in the trenches question is how regularly should I revisit my marketing KPIs? And this really, really depends on the tactics. My favorite one. It depends. It depends, right? I should let you do this one. <laughs> um, so some marketing tactics have shorter burns than others. Um, so for example, a billboard is actually a longer burn. It counts on foot traffic or car traffic, if you will, that is highly variable. So, you know, during rush hour of a billboard, you're going to get more traffic than when you don't, when it's not rush hour. So that then Google or social ads have a shorter burn. Um, you might want actually need to look at these daily because they could wear out more quickly. So you're going to want to be able to optimize, especially since most of you guys probably have more than one Google ad or more than one Facebook or Instagram ad, and you're optimizing it. So those should need to be looked at more frequently so that you can make sure you're putting your money where it's going to do the best and, and the hardest work for you, okay? But your rule of thumb, if I if you need one, is at least look at it monthly or at least look at your marketing tactics in general on a monthly basis to kind of gauge which ones are working the best for you in order to deliver against those marketing tactics that are then generating the business growth that you have defined. Yes to all of that. But the one thing I would say is the monthly thing 
take that with a grain of salt from a digital and then traditional standpoint, because like we talked about, some of those examples, you know, a billboard, you need the longer burn. That's just awareness. That's where people are just starting mm-hmm. to get an idea of you or the offering that exists versus we've already talked about the digital channels and how those move faster. So don't just use the same time frame, let's say, for every single thing you have out there. Make sure that in the marketing plan, you're setting up when you need to be looking at them mm-hmm. and make sure that you actually do it because that's where I've seen things in the past get off the rails is that people get busy and they feel like they've checked it off their list and something's out there. And there are ones that I feel like people do better than others, like the social ads. I think people know those burn quickly, right? Mm-hmm. And so they do change them up regularly. That's one that kind of gets flagged versus the longer tail ones. Those are what they are. But in the middle, I think sometimes people have good intention but forget or like me they forget they're supposed to post on Instagram on Sunday and so they miss it if I miss it once that's okay I'm totally calling myself out here if I miss it every one of my times that becomes a problem right so just make sure that you're treating the channel and the message with the right time that it needs and go back based on that instead of just taking one single approach right you already have an attention for the missed Instagram post so I know. No more checks next to your name, Missy. <laughs> I had to. I had to wrap myself out before Ian caught it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The second in the trenches question: How do I make people, and by people I mean management, understand that sometimes it takes time for results? Man, I've lived this one. Oh yeah. Um, April, I'll let you take this one. Yes. Also, I have lived this one. And I think the good and bad of having all of these analytics and metrics and things at our fingertips is that people get really excited and and that's great, but then they quickly become discouraged if they don't see immediacy when it comes to the numbers. And they put in a lot of money. Yes. Oh, yes. Especially if there's a lot of money spent and Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, upper management, especially your CFOs, which are were often the bane of my existence coming from marketing and branding perspective. But, you know, people want to know. And I think it is part the excitement, but it's also the stress and the tension of having spent some money on something or tried something new for the first time or put a new message out there and you're reliant on these decisions you've made. You're not just blanketing things everywhere. And so this can get stressful and you don't want to spend all day every day answering to people of how is it going. So this is where the time-bound nature of the KPIs really comes into play. So you can direct them back to that, say, well, these are the expectations and then quickly offer comfort of, you know, X, Y, and Z takes a little longer to to get noticed mm-hmm. or, you know, our goal with this was just purely awareness or, you know, we will likely see the comments come in as we posted with frequency, whatever the case might be, right? So reference the time-bound nature, remind people of what goals were set overall and how long things take, and then also be proactive with your communications. So like I gave the reference before of if you're going to check on things every Friday afternoon, right, you can pull out a couple key nuggets that you're going to get anyway because you're in there looking and send that out to folks. Now, 
Sometimes it can backfire. I will I will wholeheartedly admit that that has happened to me in the past where then you get a million questions back, right? But I think generally the rule of thumb is to put the information out there so people know that you're watching it and then they don't have to put it on them to have all the concern for it. I mean, one of the best things, and this isn't necessarily directly related to KPIs, but it was when we talked about the whole campaign was doing a, um, a merger and acquisition globally and anytime anyone asked me a question, I was in the trenches. <laughs> there we go. We're in the <laughs> trenches now. I was in the trenches then. Enough to be able to answer any question just on the fly. And so while I didn't memorize my entire spreadsheet of all the things we had going on, right, that's impossible for anyone to do, especially when we're talking analytics, I knew enough to be able to anticipate what the questions were going to be and then was always prepared with answers to that. So that way we didn't have to get into a deep discussion about things. It was like, well, she's on top of it so we can move on. And that's the, what I would take with those, you know, sending out updates or giving people information. Think about who you're giving the information to and what their triggers are and what the communication might look like. And cater toward that, but just know for yourself what things are either hot buttons or things that you frequently get asked and be ready to answer. Yeah, I think the uh, the key word you use there is proactive, mm -hmm. right? So here's things you don't do. You don't give your bosses access to the dashboards. Never, ever, ever do that. Never, ever. Nope. Ever. For, for, the, for the sake of your own sanity and theirs, because I'm... Um, it happens all the time. They'll misinterpret the numbers. They'll become micromanager of the numbers. Um, they will want to make knee-jerk reactions, and they'll try to <laughs> circumvent the process. It happens a ton. So if you have to, then do it, but but do it in a way that you can still manage the communication, all mm -hmm. right? So you're going to have to set up that, that expectation with who, your boss to make sure that the way that they're internalizing and interpreting the numbers, is it going to um, be uh, taking you guys off the rails? Because that can happen very easily. And don't just send them a bunch of numbers to look at. All right? <laughs> you need to put context to it. How are they supposed to feel? To your, so I thought that point was right on. How are they supposed to feel? How are they supposed to interpret this? Contextualize it with what is going on in industry, what you had um, expected based on how these types of channels operate. Um, make sure you remind them about when you're actually going to take like the reads and actually make action and what that action could be if things go well and what that action could be if things don't go well. It's tedious. We get it. It is super tedious. You shouldn't have to do it, but you do. Mm -hmm. If you want to keep on continue to get money to do your marketing campaigns, you have to do it. So just buckle up and do it. Yeah, my favorite two responses when asked if people could get login was, unfortunately, we only get one login with this. <laughs> and also, you're so busy. Let me give you the information. You don't want to go in there and dig around. Worked every time. Well, not every time, but yeah, often. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but in that case, you don't leave them in the dark. Um, no, don't just shut no. them out and keep it yourself in a silo. That doesn't work either because when your management doesn't know something that just makes them really uneasy because they have the worst FOMO ever. So don't do that. <laughs> Fair enough. The third in the trenches question, what are the best tools for measuring marketing analytics? And we really um, talked about this a lot already. So I'm just going to put a fine point on call to actions, 
can be your best friend, okay? Because call to actions are, by nature, they are encouraging action. You can measure action, all right? So use those strategically in order to be able to really define that you're, and, and showcase that your consumers are doing something as a result of the behavior that you're putting out into the marketing um or through your marketing channels, okay? So you're encouraging behavior as a result of putting something out through your marketing channels. That can be measured. So that is what I would um, highly suggest. Um, now, again, like what, the other point that I want to make sure that you guys heard very clearly is don't just take the analytics that you get and just use them as just arbitrary numbers. April said this as well. You have to link them back towards what these marketing channels are doing for you. What does success look like? And how does success lead to being able to develop business growth? Yes, and I I think the other thing too is before we said don't allow somebody to come in and provide you with a dashboard that's gonna answer every single question because we know that that doesn't exist. But the other piece of it is, to Anne's point, you know, you're developing the CTAs, you're getting people to do things, but also do take the time, and this can be not even monthly. I mean, this can be like once a quarter to take a look at everything at the big picture, look at those analytics that you have, and then think about what that might mean for your marketing plan whether something needs to then change at a higher level or you've surpassed this goal and so you need to set a new one or, oh my gosh, we are seeing this trend all over the place. This Mm -hmm. is a bigger opportunity for us. We need to either address this or do more of this or focus on this type of messaging. I mean, definitely don't let it become siloed when you're managing the day-to-day and don't forget about that bigger picture. I mean, we're going to chat in a little bit about how we do our marketing plan, but, you know, quarterly, if not every other month, we're going back to things that we talked about and either making sure that we're doing them or that we don't need to revisit them or we haven't surpassed something, you know, all of that kind of stuff to make sure that while we're doing the doing, we're also keeping an eye on that big picture. And that can also help with strategic planning over time, right? My least favorite question ever was always, can you build a plan for this year, three years out, and five years out? And oh, yeah, it's like, like, no. No, you can't actually do that. That's not possible. But what you can say is that you'll learn year over year. And that is the importance of what I'm talking about now is making sure that you're doing the diligence to ladder up to those bigger learnings so that you can use your KPIs more effectively over time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Our fourth in the trenches question, are setting KPIs for my B2B clients different than with direct-to-consumer products or services. All right. April. Everything we have said can be applied to B2B. We have a whole episode on this, so if you haven't checked that out, go ahead and do so. It will talk about the nuances in B2B. So that's a, you know, a big overview of all the things to think about in the space. But here we will just emphasize the point that everything we said can be applied. It's just that the channels might look different. So for example, if you're going to attend an industry event and your goal with that event is to secure more clients, 
your KPI in that situation may be around the number of opt-ins you get for more information. And then that would link over time to the KPIs along the path of getting actual conversion. So getting to those new clients. So that one instance of going to the industry has a specific call to action. You want to get opt-ins and then KPIs from there are around getting conversion with different things you're doing in the collective marketing campaign to stay connected with people. It's less about whether the tactics we've talked about work. KPIs are always equally important, B2C, B2B. And generally, they focus on all the same principles we've talked about here, everything from time bound to being specific to making sure you're keeping track of them. All of that's exactly the same. It's just that whatever those are related to what business you're in and where you need to be may be different. And that's why it's so fundamentally important to have a marketing strategy. This all yes. bets from the marketing strategy. It's very easy just to jump into a tactic and, and look at somebody else doing it and say, we need to do it too. But don't assume that, especially in a B2B lens, that what they're doing is working for them. Yes. Right? Oh, yes. And even if it is working for them, remember that what we said in, in, in the B2B episode is that even industry, in even within the same industry, business to business, you're whole KPIs could be different because your growth drivers are different Mm -hmm. and your consumer is different and your environment is different. So don't just make these rash assumptions that because this person is doing it and you aspire to be like that business, that is the right thing for you to do. It could be totally different. So do the due diligence of actually creating a marketing strategy that works for your business that aligns with your business drivers. Yes. And, you know, I'm always the brand one here. So make sure you're being honest to who you are foundationally and that you're keeping in mind your brand as the lens so that you can do all the things that Ann just said around connecting with your consumer at the right place and doing so mm-hmm. with metrics that make sense for what you're trying to accomplish. Agreed. All right. Our fifth and final in the trenches question. April, I'll let you take this one. How often do my KPIs change? <laughs> It depends. I know no (laughs) one's shocked to hear that. Um, So we've talked a lot about examining your KPIs, performance of KPIs, how to define them appropriately, all of that. Here, I think the point to make is you really have to understand what you're trying to get out of your marketing strategy and then as it fragments into different messaging, different channels, all of those types of things, what the specific KPI is related to each of those different ones. So that's why we say it depends because it depends how long you think that message is going to last out there. It depends on the time-bound nature of the call to action you've put out there. It depends on how much time you've given yourself. If it's four months to increase traffic 20%, right, that's that's kind of time-bound and it needs to change after four months. So What we say here is, one, make sure that you give every KPI a chance. Mm -hmm. This is a big, big danger. And unfortunately, I have seen this so many times. I just I can see it coming before it even happens now where somebody gets nervous or whatever subjective thought somebody had in their head about how it should be performing is put out there as a KPI that isn't even reasonable. Right. And so then all of a sudden you change things too fast and you're changing them too often and the KPI never had a chance to be reached because you weren't allowing it to be out there long enough for that to happen. So think through that. That's another reason that you want to think about what kind of time-bound nature you're putting against it, but also 
what the message is and where it's living and how much time it traditionally takes, what the trends are. Um, you know, we talked about some ads may expire in a day versus a billboard takes weeks or months sometimes. Make sure you're aware of those and then setting the KPIs appropriately. But on the other side, I would say don't be afraid to change one if you've given it the time and it's really not working. And this is why Ann and I are such big fans of test and learning because one, when you're testing and learning, you are being brave and putting things out there, but you're doing it in a way that you know it might fail or it might do really well and you're expecting that. And so if something is not going well and you feel like, oh, this has been out there for three, four weeks on a digital channel and we're really not getting the traction and based on what I know about this type of message in this type of space. I would have expected at least this. We're not even close, right? You can definitely go ahead and change tactic. And then as a result, you change the KPI, right? Or you reallocate to something that's doing really well and say, oh my gosh, we already hit the 20% on that. Let's reallocate the funds to that KPI and, and increase it and see how high we can get it. This is another really good opportunity for stretch goals, which we've already talked about that before. But allowing for flexibility and meeting a goal versus going beyond it and, and what that can look like. I mean, the good thing is that KPIs are set for a reason, but they're not set and forget. And right. so, and we're not in a world of set and forget anymore. So if you, if you have that in your head, just completely forget it. It's just not the way things are anymore. So if you're on top of your plan, if you're looking at the analytics, if you're respecting the message and the channel, you should have a good sense of what KPIs are working or not and when they need to change. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you get and the easier it gets over time to anticipate what the results will be. Yeah, and the only thing I build on that is to make sure you ask why um, before you change anything. You know? <laughs> oh, yes. So do a little bit of analysis to understand why something isn't working, lest you repeat and fail again. Um <sighs> And a lot of people don't want to do that because um, it's painful mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're just so quick to change. But you, if you don't understand why something isn't working, then you just run the risk of making the same mistake again. So always ask why before you change. Yes, absolutely. All right. And our third and final segment is a real world example of a brand who is doing this well or not well, or at least usually it is. Um, and since, of course, KPIs, like we said, are very um, specific to businesses, we thought maybe we would give you a little bit of an overview of how we think about our KPIs and how we set our KPIs. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do it as in kind of a little bit of a, a silo here, because obviously we have several different um, places that we assess our, our business and, and assign KPIs. But I can tell you where it all starts is first a planning session. And you guys have probably saw some of this um, if you follow us on Instagram that we had this at the Kinley Hotel and Cora Restaurant, which was very, very fun. I felt very swanky. Yeah, we did feel very swanky. <laughs> um, and of course, there was some wine involved. But um, it does help us get a concentrated focus time that we actually then assess what um, our business, where we want to take our business, what is going to be our business driver. So the, the very first thing that we said in our very first step is that you really need to understand what is going to drive your business. And that's based on the learnings that we had from the previous year and what we think is working and where we think the whole industry is going, where, and what our clients' needs are, and then our consumers of our clients. And for that, we develop a business plan and a marketing strategy. This is where we focus. And that helps us clearly articulate what's going to be priority. Um, as an example, one of our priorities is this podcast. And specifically, we put a goal against that, which is we want to be the most popular business entrepreneur marketing podcast. Now, 
that is a long-term goal. That's not achieved in just a year because a podcast, especially as a marketing channel, is a longer burn and we get that. So we have to define, okay, what do we want to do within this year so that we can time-bound our expectations? And so this year, we're targeting the following um, KPIs and benchmarks for our podcast. So we would like to have 1,000 unique listeners. We'd like to have 500 downloads per episode, 1,000 ratings and review on Apple. And then we have a little bit more of a qualitative one where we want to have some sort of signals that we're building popularity and that we define that by being sought after for work, webinars, speaking, coaching, consulting. So in some way, it's helping to build our business as we use the podcast, not only to provide very like awesome information to all of our listeners, but also to help build our credibility reputation to grow our business in general, right? So we just kind of gave you a little peek underneath the tent of like what we're looking for. So share this all with your friends. Help us reach our KPIs on that, okay? <laughs> shameless plug. Yeah, shameless plug. But then that's just not enough just to put those out there and say that, right? Because that doesn't define how we're going to get there. That defines what success looks like for us, but that doesn't define how we're going to get there. So then we had to define the drivers to get there. So that was the second step. So the drivers to get there, adding quality guests who promote on our behalf. This is like our influencer campaign, if you will. So right now we strive to have 50% of our podcasts have guests, but not just any guests. We're very discriminant who we look for because we want them to have certain attributes that are going to help us become a business driver. So we're very choiceful. And in that within that choice, we want somebody that's going to drive a, awareness, recognition, credibility, and advocacy. So we are very specific about what kind of guests we want to bring on, but we, we strive to have 50% of our podcasts have guests, high-quality guests, to, to work as influencers for us. We also decided to build out Instagram. And then we have the KPIs associated with Instagram. But Instagram is a way that we drive awareness. It's a way we advertise the podcast. And so that becomes um, a way that we are able to get to those, um, those drivers of what success looks like. We also know that we need to be on other people's podcasts. And so if you're listening and you have a podcast, we'd love to be considered for your podcast. And um, <laughs> Plug number two. Plug number two. Um, and we, we strive to be on at least five podcasts a month, which when we decided that, we've decided, hey, we can't do this on our own. We can't, we don't have enough time to pitch as much as we need to pitch. And so we actually um, hired um, somebody to come in and help us to facilitate that. So in being able to set up that KPI, it helped us to realize that we are deficient in, in our resourcing and in our level of prioritization, we decided we needed staffing in order to help us support that. So that's another way that your KPIs, especially when you can get really specific, can help you define your structure and your resourcing in order to support getting to your, your business drivers. And then we have another one, which I'm not going to give away now. It's coming in the next few months, but it's another way that we're helping to, to build the, the, the platform, which is our podcast. So those are our drivers to get to what those success metrics look like for us that those success metrics are then tied to our business goals. So hopefully you could kind of see how all these steps are being um, articulated within the process that we went through. And the final thing is we set up analytics. So as April said, we use Megaphone for podcast analytics. We also look at our Instagram analytics no less than weekly. I look um, more than that. Yeah, well, especially <laughs> when she doesn't post when she's supposed to. So yeah. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happens? People make mistakes sometimes too, guys. So, oh, so that's where we're gonna go. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay. So I digress. But um, 
we, we do use this as an opportunity to test and learn a lot. So we use Instagram to see um, how our community is going to engage, how we can drive more followers, all in an effort to create a space that we can also use to promote our podcast. All right. Um, and, you know, then we kind of play with different things there, too, with regards to um, the, some of the things that we see other people doing. So it's, a, it's also an opportunity to kind of see, hey, do these things that other people are doing kind of are going to work for us or not? So, for example, I started doing an Instagram story to promote the podcast today. Um, the day before the podcast launches, I got that from Amy Porterfield. She gave me that idea. She has online marketing made easy. So I was like, hey, you know what? Try it. So you you can learn from others and you could try it. We're not saying that you can't like take things and and um and see if they work for you. We're just saying don't do it arbitrarily or without intent. So that kind of gives you the whole lineup of how we thought through and how we develop KPIs towards our podcast. Yes, and I and I think um, one other point to make, and the reason we chose to share this one with you is, we basically have three main pillars of our our brand that we're working against from a business standpoint. And when we looked at everything, we felt like where we were headed with the podcast had the biggest opportunity for growth, for the fastest mm-hmm. growth going into this year. And that a lot of the other things we wanted to do were going to come on the heels of the podcast being a success. So as you can see, we did a lot of work here. Um, we've been focusing really hard and, and we've been tracking and, you know, obviously trying to make these numbers. But this was kind of the, if we had to choose a flagship, so you will, for this year, this was the thing that we said, if we're going to place our bets, we're going to place it here. Mm-hmm. So when you think about making that business plan and the marketing strategy for the year, this is where I was talking before about like, what's the big picture versus what are the specific KPIs to how you're going to get there and setting those first and then getting into this. And I will also say this is a lot of work. It's also a lot to commit to, right? We definitely didn't sandbag at all. In fact, these are are stretch in some ways, and some of them I think will be fairly achievable. But don't hedge, especially when you're in that planning stage. Make sure that you're realistic, but you also are working hard to get maybe even beyond where you anticipate so that you have something to work for for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Very well said. All right, so that is a lot about KPIs. So hopefully we, uh, we've answered your questions because we've covered a lot. And if there's still questions you have, because like we said, it's very specific to businesses and your specific goals, reach out. Um, we're happy to talk to you about that. And until then, go exercise your marketing smarts. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. Mention you heard about us here and we will give you a free 30-minute consultation. You can also share any topics you want us to cover, which helps us give real-world support to our listeners in real time. And if you learned something impactful, please share with a friend and don't forget to leave a rating and review on your favorite platform. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.